my name is Adam Canal, and I am a collaborative composer. Join me in the search for a career in classical music. This is the Making Noise podcast. I'm in I'm in Westtown, um, and within Westtown, I'm in I'm in a, an area called Ukrainian Village. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's a cool spot. I mean, it's um, I have my are car with the, me. Are you near the train? We are. How close is the train? Or the L, as they call it. Yeah, I don't honestly. I don't really know. I have my car. I brought my car. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've I've being from where I lived in northwestern New Jersey. You had to drive everywhere. There, yeah. there really wasn't public transportation, you know? And then I moved out when I was like 26. And I already was into adulthood at that point, still using my car, you know? like So yeah. I, I'd never been in a position where I have access to public transportation very easily. Mm-hmm. So like having a car is so important for me. Having the freedom to move around when I want yeah, to, definitely. you know? And also, like, if you have gigs or, like, anything, you, you know, you don't have to lug your guitar onto a train or anything. You have, you have like, you know, this vehicle that can, you know, transport a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing, too, is, like, I'm, I'm you know, like I just said, I'm new to the city living, you know? Yeah. And I, I recognize that it's certainly much more affordable to use public transportation. Sure. Um. I don't know to what extent exactly, but I mean, you lived in New York City for a while. Yeah. What was like? How? What was your experience with transportation? Yeah, like, I, did you have a car? I was definitely unique because most people don't have cars. I would say ninety-five percent of the people I knew didn't have cars. Mm. Um, but I had one because I was always in and out for stuff, like playing with my band or just like, um, I don't know, random things, and I like did some like percussion delivery and stuff like that. So it helped to have a car. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I didn't mind having it because there's a lot of street cleaning and people just get frustrated with moving it. So then they just stop having a car. Um, But me, like I was tolerant enough to like deal with that. And also I was, it just made sense to have it, but most people don't. And also I love taking the train because it's convenient and you don't have to find parking. You don't have to worry about anything like that. And it runs 24 hours. So it's like, or it did run 24 hours. So it's like, you know, you could jump on the train, whatever. Um, so I definitely like appreciate both sides of it. Like the public transportation thing is amazing, but it's also nice if you have to go to like Ikea and get like a desk, <laughs> you don't want to get that on the train or like have to take an Uber, or, you know? So it's, I definitely was unique though. Most people don't have cars. How often were people reaching out to you be like, yo bro, give me a ride. Sometimes. I don't want to pay for Uber. I would say, I worked, when I worked at a restaurant, I would say a lot. People were like, yo, give me a ride home or whatever. Because sometimes like on Sundays when like there was no street clean or no parking, like parking was free, everyone would be asking for rides home. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say sometimes. I kept it on the download for sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely had a, a commodity. Or no, that's oh, not even yeah. a commodity. Like... Well, I don't know. Is that well, it, it, it? I mean, it, you you're you're one in of one. You're oh my god, how do you say that? You're rare. You're a rare situation yeah, there. Feel yeah. far between. There yeah. you go. There especially you go. yeah, especially in like Brooklyn and like the dense parts of New York. Mm-hmm. It's just if I didn't live where I lived in Brooklyn, though, it would be much harder to have a car. Like in Manhattan, it's just like 
there's way more street cleaning and it's way harder to find parking spots. So, so it's just, what, what, what happens when there's street cleaning? Like, do they post signs or like, do you have to know what day it is? So a, you're, yeah, it's every, I mean, it's pretty much every week or sometimes twice a week. And then everyone just moves to the other side of the street and double parks <laughs> everyone else in. And then when it's over, everyone moves to the other side of the street. Yeah. You know what it's that crazy. sounds like? That that makes me think of like when you're a kid and you go to your mom and you're like, hey, mom, can I go to Johnny's house? And she's like, no. And then you go to your dad and you're like, hey, dad, can I go to Johnny's house? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go to one parent because the other says no, you know? Yeah. No, I. Yeah, it did. The one thing that kind of is like if one side was street cleaning and they, they could everyone could double park you in. And that was just like something that would happen. Like you would have to allow it because you can't just move all those cars and those people just have to find parking. There's just mm. no way. Um, so sometimes I just get like parked in. It's definitely, yeah. You definitely have to like know the game to have a car in New York. But I would say it's worth it, especially if you're a musician, you have gear and stuff. Right. You know, you like just be tolerant and it's worth it. But what now what about um what about the cost of owning a car in the city like with car insurance and stuff and i had my insurance was in here in pennsylvania so it was much cheaper oh that's fantastic exactly no but new york city car insurance or like just like the yeah new york or however they split it is crazy expensive Mm. because it's just like the liability i mean you look at cars in new york they're all beat up yeah because it's just like you know you you like my car has like three uh, different spots of damage that all happened while it was parked. Oh, really? Yeah. Like oh, not God. even. Yeah. Which that's just how it is. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I, I've had that thought like, or concern with my car. So we, uh, we actually are, we live in this apartment building. It's, um, it's like an old house sort of thing. So there's like three or four floors yeah. and, and there's a garage, like a two car garage. And there was one spot available and we, we opted to pay for the garage so we can, or rent the garage. Yeah. So, so we have guaranteed parking and, and our, our road isn't terrible with parking. Also, we don't live on a, a very active road. That's good. But that is something I've thought about, which is like, oh, my God, I, I don't want my car to get messed up from people walking by or someone who's terrible at parallel parking or exactly. like, you know, it's do you see that a lot? Like when you're in the city, I mean, you probably get really good at parallel parking, I, I would hope, you know? Yeah, yeah. You just I don't know. It's I think a lot of driving in cities is like being tolerant. And, like, not caring about what people think. Like, say you, like, pull up and there's cars behind you and you know you have to parallel park. You can't care that you're going to, like, you know, block them for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? While you're pulling in. You just got to do it and then just, like, forget about it. And that's when people get freaked, you know? There's, like, cars behind them and they're like, oh, no. And then they, like, pull in and it's, like, and you just get used to it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense, especially with people who go to New York City for the first time yeah. from so, from somewhere like I don't know Nebraska or something. You know, it's yeah. like they've never been there, and then they're in this like fast-paced, really intense environment where like everyone's yeah. walking, no one's looking at you. They're looking at the ground. Yeah. They're like, you know, <laughs> and uh, it makes a lot of sense because uh, you just have so many people living on top of each other. Oh, it's wild! It, it's so wild. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I, that's why I love living there. Just the congestion of it all was like super interesting, interesting to me that like all these people could be smashed together and still like 
live and, you know, do their thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like here, I'm in Pennsylvania right now, and it's like you can't even see the other houses because it's like in the woods. People <laughs> are still living here, but it's like way less dense. And they're still like, you know, living their lives and enjoying themselves. So it's interesting that I think so many people can be so congested and still allow themselves to just like, you know, have a good time, I guess. That's a that's a good point. I, I You think about the fact that however millions of people there are in New York City and if like, I don't know what the statistics are of like violence and crime rates and all that other stuff, but I... I feel like for the most part, if you just look at it very generally, people are cooperating pretty well, you know, like no one. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. For as congested as it is. Yeah. People find a way to cooperate with each other and just, you know, yeah, I think that's, it's, you know, you go on the train and there's just people so smushed together and they just allowed it to be that way. (laughs) They just cooperated. And then, but around here, like, you know, people love their space. It's just like kind of what you want, you know, some people allow themselves to not have as much space and they enjoy that. And then sometimes people just can't take that anymore. And they're just like, you know, I love both. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I love like quiet and totally, uh, you know, totally like distant environment. But I also like when it's like more like, you know, frantic, that too is like also interesting to me. So I I can't say that I love either, but when I'm, you know, now that I'm like, not now, but since I'm young, it's easier to live in a city. Mm. So that's kind of like, yeah, but I'm here now because of the lockdown. I kind of moved and then I've been here ever since, but it's been good. It's been good. Where in Pennsylvania are you? Like, do you know where King of Prussia is? Is, is? That's sort of near Philly, right? Yeah, I'm like 30 miles, 40 miles from the city, from Center okay. City, Philadelphia. Yeah, so it's like it's like an hour plus drive just because it's there's a lot of traffic in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like 30 miles probably from Center City. Okay. 40 miles maybe. But it's, uh, yeah, it's near Reading. Come kind of near Reading if you know Reading. Allentown. Yeah, yeah. But, my, uh, my buddy lives in Allentown. Yeah, so it's, uh, and it's not far from New York. That's the thing that's really nice. Like, if I leave at night or, like, when there's less traffic, I could get back to my apartment from here in two hours. Really? Yeah. So it's, like, it's it's a good, it's a nice spot um, just because it's, like, close to Philly, but, like, not super far from New York either. Mm. So if I ever have, I've been going back and forth a little bit, um, and it's not, it's not, like, too treacherous of a commute. I'm not, I'm not sure if uh, something is going on technically or not, but... Do you have, like, a washing machine on right now? Yeah, this, the, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how to stop it. There's a water heater over here. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That it'll, it'll click off in, like, a minute. Cool, but, cool. Yeah. No, I, I, just, I just wanted to make sure it was something that, uh, um, yeah, you know, no, it wasn't, like, a connection or anything. No, there's a water heater over here that's going to town right now. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, you know, we're working with what we've got, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, I, li- I like this format, though, Adam. I think it's nice. Uh, I don't have like a fancy microphone or anything. Is that okay? Oh no, that's fine. I can hear you clearly. You know, we'll see I'm, what the people. We'll see what the people think. Yeah, we'll see, man. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm concerned about having my microphone right here. I usually have it like out in front of me over here because, uh-huh. like, if you remember from when we met a few years back, which we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. I get loud, and like, 
the microphone so close to me, I'm worried that I'm just going to start screaming at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and then people are going to be like, oh, you know. I think that's a good spot for it. I could also just hold this mic, even though it's not doing anything, you know? <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like if you're holding that mic, we're, we're doing a, um, like a, a high school students news broadcasting network exactly. or something, you know? Yeah. But I do need I do need that like bed, that white bed sheet they always have. Oh yeah, yeah. That's um state in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh once again you work with what you got. It's incredibly low low technology, right? No, low- I, I don't know. I think that's honest though. Sure. Because sure. I feel like the the times that I've had tr- or I've tried to set up a whole bunch of stuff, like something went terribly wrong. Mm. You know. I mean, you get used to your setup, and you know, but, like, I don't know. I, yeah. Maybe I should... Yeah, I, I I don't know. I've fiddled with some microphones and, like, uh, like AV setups, but sometimes I just, like, simplicity, you know? Well, I think um, convenience, too. It's, like, whatever exactly. whatever makes things more efficient. Yeah. Especially if, if, if that efficiency also leads to uh, quality, high quality. Yeah, for sure. And, like... You know, I would set up that mic and everything, and then that water heater would still go on. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's like, now that water heater is just broadcast beautifully, you know? Well, you know, it's it's having its debut today. Oh, it is. <laughs> it's going to be put out into the world, and then the people of, of, you know, whoever watches this will be like, oh, there it is. There it is. They know. That's, it's, it's my brand now. You'll be known as that. You'll be known as the guy with the water heater. Exactly. That that should be on your website, <laughs> front and center. Guy with the water heater. Just <laughs> me, like next to it. <laughs> <laughs> like a Tinder profile. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, man. So, with um, here's a, here's a question I have about living in New York City. Oh yeah. yeah. When um, you went? Did you only go there for your masters? Yeah, I went. I moved there for my masters, and then I stayed just because I liked it. Right. But it's so funny because I even before my sister, I have a twin sister, and she lived there way before I did. She moved there right after high school to go to school, and every time I would go there, I was like, "Man, I don't know why people can live here." Mm. And then, and then I, and then it like grew on me, and I was like, "Yeah, maybe I'll move there." And then I moved there and just loved it. Right. I think okay. that there's just something so intimidating about it for me that I like I don't know I thought it wouldn't have a good effect on me but it definitely it did like it was you know do you think it was just unfamiliarity sort of thing or yeah I think it was just because it was totally different than what I was used to Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah because where I went to my undergrad was like here like pretty rural-ish you know um but yeah I'm sorry I I, uh what was your question no, 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 no. Yeah. You're, you're totally fine, man. Uh, this is, you know, I, I want you to talk as much as possible. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so what was something about moving to New York City, about living in the city that you wouldn't have, um, you wouldn't have known about until you lived there? Hmm. You wouldn't have known about, or or at least uh, understood. You know, it's like it's like people can sit there and and research online, like go on Reddit uh, or whatever, and be like, "What's it like to live in New York City and stuff?" And 
you know, um, but yeah, I think that that's a tough question, mm. but it's a good question. I mean, I think that there's like so much just like there's like this, uh, I mean, there's a massive tourist industry there, like tourist industry. Mm. And there's just something, uh, that you don't understand about a lot of the architecture and stuff. And even besides the, like, you know, empire state building and stuff like that, just like looking at all the rivers and things, there's nothing that can like encapsulate that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and that, that, and then like, then you like start to lose appreciation for it because you're around it all the time. And then you like forget about it. And then you're like, yeah, I've never gone to any of these places. Like people start at, they come, they come to you. They're like, or, uh, visiting New York and they're like, where should I go? Like, what should I do? And then you think about it and you're just like, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't go to any of the spots that people go to. Um, but I think, I think you definitely get an appreciation, at least for me of like different food for sure. Mm. That was something that I never, before I moved to New York, I didn't really know a lot about food and I was just like, not a big, I just kind of, yeah, I didn't really explore that sort of thing. People talk about it, you know, all the different food in New York, but it's amazing. And, and even you'll like read in the book, like, uh, you know, you can go to all these different places for all this different food. And that's literally how it is. Like if you go to the East village, it'll be like, you know, uh, like Indian restaurant and then like, um, you know, Mexican restaurant all right next to each other, just like different, you know, Thai restaurant, like literally like within the same hundred feet. Right. That sort of thing. You, I don't know. You, again, you take it for granted after like living in it for a while, but at first it's like overwhelming. You can eat. If you lived in New York for like five years, you could eat at a different place every night and still not hit all of them. (laughs) There's just that many, you know? So that I would definitely say like the food was, and it it, like just opened my mind to like different cuisine and stuff like that. And like Mm. different way, like different ways to eat and like, different styles of eating. Like if you ever, did you ever have hot pot before? Hot pot. Hot pot. It's basically like, I don't know. Um, basically like you get all these different meats and like vegetables and stuff and you can, uh, like, and then there's this broth in the middle and that's a hot pot. And you, uh, you like, you know, just like dip the meat in and like, but it's very interactive, you know? So if you're there with five or six other people, you have to be talking to people. You don't just like have your plate and have your dish mm. and then you're it's like so individual that way you know so you're just like eating your dish but with the hot pot you have to be interacting you're like oh pass me this pass me that and then you're forced to interact with other people which i think is really cool i love that style of eating because it's more interactive you know it's not as like singular you're like oh how's your thing or how's that mm. it's more like oh we all try all of this you know well that's a lot like what we had in spain in, oh yeah uh, totally, in valencia totally. Totally. You know, when we go out to eat, we'd have the um, uh, tapas, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was always it was always you know a round of like uh, potatoes chopped into cubes with some ketchup and mayo. Yeah, <laughs> which I, I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> but uh, um, there was, I think, calamari and and yeah. um, I forget what else they served and stuff. But but it was always it was always like the family style sort of thing. Yeah. You know, everyone picking at the same bowl. Which is great, I think. It's like, I don't know, because then you're, it's, I don't know, you get to, well, one, you get to try more stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're like, you're forced to like try everything if you want to, you know, but then there's just like a better social aspect for it, you know, it's not as like isolating. 
not saying that like eating, you know, individual portions is isolating, but it's just different. But I love, I don't know. I love eating like that. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's just more fun and brings up conversation. And it's just like, and also if you're like, if there's something that's like, uh, if there's like a new person there, it kind of like is a good way to like break the ice, mm. you know? That's, that's getting really like, good. yeah, this is getting like deeply psychological with eating food and stuff. But that, I think about it because it's, I don't know. It's, uh, and again, in New York, there's like, there's so much stuff like that. Just like mm-hmm. the variety of different ways to eat and different, different flavors and stuff. It's, it's nuts. Well, I, I really like what you just mentioned though, about, about, uh, introducing someone new to a group of people through that sort of, uh, format of eating, you know? Yeah, totally. But that, that social communal style of, of, uh, you know, like having a meal together. And and I, I think you're right when you said um, having your own dish, it's, it's so much, it's, it's too personal. Yeah. Which that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it is like, even just having conversation in that setting, the, the question is usually brought up of, uh, so how's your burger? You know, like <laughs> you get a very specific yeah. question about what you're eating. And then people just sort of listen about that as opposed to everyone being like, Oh wow. The seasoning on these yeah. is fantastic. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's just, I don't know. I found that it's just more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that sometimes, cause sometimes I'll even be put, cause my sister loves hot pot and she'll always bring me to these big gatherings with like 10 people or whatever. And I'm usually like, I usually don't know everyone there. So it's nice for me too, rather than just like sitting there and like not feeling like just feeling like a little isolated. It did, it, it it does the opposite. It just makes me feel like I'm more part of like what's happening and everything. Right. Bring, brings you, brings it out in you a little bit. Yeah. And it's delicious too. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's more fun. You know, you're just like, you're doing more. Yeah. I don't know. It's not like it's more adventurous. Mm. You know, you know, there's not totally clear what's happening. It's not like, Oh, you're going to finish everything on that plate, you know? And that's, what's going to happen. It's like, no, you can try to put this together and put all the, and it comes with tons of little sauces and stuff too. It's like, yeah, you got to try it. Hot pot. They definitely have them in Chicago. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally about that. Um, I, and I, I've noticed too, living living in a city, kind of like what you were just saying about being in New York, is is there's so many options for food, and um, it it actually makes me want to go out to eat more. You know, but like, what a crappy time for that to happen. I know. You know, like- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because when I moved back here, I like looked at the map and I was just like. I was like, I opened Google Maps and then just put in food. It was like, <laughs> it was like 8 p.m. and there was like nothing open. Oh, God. It was like Thursday and I was just like, oh, my God. The other thing about New York is that, and this isn't even something that like people talk about. It's something you just realize. People just eat later and stay up later. Mm. It's really, it's really interesting. Like, I would say like, because I work, when I worked at the restaurant, the dinner rush was from like, seven seven thirty to like nine or nine nuts you know when like most places is not like that yeah like the dinner rush starts like five thirty five <laughs> you know or some people even eat dinner at five thirty and i'm just like it's still light out how, how are people <laughs> doing this but i got so used to that you just get used i don't know people i guess people work later and then they like i don't know it's 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 weird but it's uh i don't know that's just how it is totally different though 
That's interesting, man. I, I haven't thought about that. And I didn't really know that was the thing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably the same in Chicago. I think it's just like cities. People are like more, I don't know, but more like jazzed up mm-hmm. when like in the, in the, in the burbs, people are, go home and they, they eat dinner and then it's like, they settle in. I don't know. It's just different, different style, of like different style of living. You know, people in New York rather just be like up and at it right mm-hmm. up until when they go to bed, mm-hmm. you know? Jeez. Um, or the majority, majority of people. Because, hmm. you know, like, everywhere is open until super late in New York. It's like, it's probably the same in Chicago. You'll see. When things, when things open or, you know, when, when the transition happens, uh, it'll get to a point where it, you'll, be, you'll be staying up super late, Adam. Oh. Do, you stay, do you stay up late in general? <sighs> Not by choice, honestly. Uh, I actually have a huge issue with sleeping. And so I end up staying up much later than i than i want to and mm-hmm. and uh it it's it's a weird weird thing that i've, I've been i've been kind of war- trying to get control of since graduate school actually since like 2017 so so um i i, I kind of, and i've been thinking about this lately is I, i'm like am i just naturally someone who should be up later you know because i can't go to sleep and like my mind is so active and that's my problem I ruminate a lot. Yeah. Um, but at the flip side of that, I'm incredibly productive when I wake up early. Um, totally. Yeah. I don't know how you work with composing. I, I, I wake up once I wake up, brush my teeth, get ready. And I start composing right away. That's Um, awesome. And that's, yeah, that's so, I mean, for me, composing is definitely at least composing time is like situational. mm -hmm. Um, but I would definitely agree and say the best, I feel like I'm best productive, most productive in the morning mm-hmm. or like, right. Um, I mean, it's sort of like anything like working out or anything like that, anything that has to be routine or has to like be this constant thing that has to happen. It's better to get it done, cross it off the list in the morning. That's you know? yeah. Yeah, think, exactly um, what I try. Uh, at least I've like been trying to exercise more and like, just some certain thing, certain couple of th- habits that I wanted to create mm-hmm. um, have been more effective when I do it in the morning. I like mm-hmm. be more, I'll be like just more aware and, and I won't rush through it because, you know, by the end of the day, you, you have more things to do. You, you lose time and you're like, well, now I only have an hour to write some of this piece. But in the morning, you're like, you got it. You got the time. Right. I don't know. There's something like. When I, when I lived in New York, there was like a period where I was working really, really early at this restaurant and I would get up at like five and I would get down and I had to start at six 30. So I'd get to like union square, if you know, union square around six 15 mm-hmm. and it was so quiet. And so like, I'm not a morning person, so it was rough, but there was something just so peaceful about it, you know, <laughs> just like everyone kind of like quiet and like, you know, doing their thing. And it was like. I don't know. So there, I think there's something quiet about the morning that like is effective for creativity and all kinds of things. Yeah. That's, I, I like that a lot. I like the, the mention of, of, of uh, the sort of feeling of being up that early, like the, the ambiance of what, what is happening in the environment, you know, like that, yeah. that, that kind of cool air mm-hmm. and that um the silence of, of no one being around really, you know, no one up yet. The world isn't moving. Businesses haven't opened yet. 
Um, or at least, you know, in New York City, I mean, they're always yeah, open. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think one thing for me that I, I think is why it's conducive is because it allows you that uh, the space to focus harder, you know? Sure. Um, Do you and, find that like, now I'm asking you questions. Yeah, no, man. Uh, no, I like yeah, that. I think, but I think also like I find I'm going to like uh, explain or I'm going to ask myself the question and then say my answer and then I'm going to ask you the question. Yeah. But I find that in the morning, as long as like I have coffee or something where it's like, I am like more uh, like there's less uh, uh, like distractions bouncing around. So I'm like completely streamlined mm. almost in the morning. So I find that accomplishing things in the morning is much easier. Getting up is the hardest part mm-hmm. for me. Just like getting up, setting the alarm clock, and then like sticking to it is the hardest part. Once mm-hmm. I'm up though and doing stuff, it's like really effective. But it's just getting up. It's like torture for me because I'm just not a morning person. <laughs> I, and it's so hard for me to go to bed early. It's so hard. It's just like it just doesn't. I'm the same as you. Like, I'm always just like, I get like a little tired around like seven or eight ish. Uh-huh. And then like from nine on, I'm just like, uh, just like going, you know? Right. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I definitely haven't been good about getting up, but, um, sometimes I go through streaks of like being, uh, more disciplined about it, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So do you think that you like are more like you have more clarity in the morning yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. One thing for me is uh, actually not having the, um, the, all the weight from the entire day. Yeah. You know, like kind of crushing down on you in a way. Um, and then the other thing too is I, I don't really have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. Like first thing in the morning when I wake up, I could sit down and watch Netflix or like I could – I don't know. I could go for a walk, which is nice. That's a great thing yeah, to yeah. do. But, um, but having that time and the space to sit down and work and, and just allow my mind to try and create something, you know, hopefully musically effective, you know, that's always the goal. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the main thing for me. Um, and what, and so here's, here's a question for you that I'm going to answer for myself is, one of the troubles I have about composing early is really having the direction of what I'm trying to do. You know, like, like I, so for example, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll start working on whatever it is I'm writing, but I don't really know what it is that I'm trying to do so much because I'm still kind of waking up, yeah. you know? And, and maybe that's just, um, I'm jumping to it too early. I'm not allowing my body enough time to kind of acclimate to being awake um i don't know do you have that sort of experience or like yeah i mean i think sometimes you just it it can happen i think any time of the day for me too like you almost just have to sometimes you know you you know like sometimes you'll start writing and you're just like right back into the piece like you Mm -hmm. were yesterday and i think you just have to you know try to find the fastest path to that mindset you know if it's not like listening to the listening to the piece or like finding sounds or listening to pieces that inspired the sounds or I don't know, just trying for me, it's just getting as close as I can to the sound world. Mm. Because even if it's not the, 
the material or like the motives or anything. Um, it's, it's just the sound world, the sounds that I wanted to create. Once I can find and start hearing those things, then it, then it gets me like right into the, like the sweet spot of like, of hearing new sounds and, and, and working with the sounds I already have. So, okay. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. Um, and I, I think it's, it's interesting to kind of, um, like the different approaches you can take to that. Cause like there was a lot that you said in there, you know, like, like thinking about, Oh, well you, you might think about motives or the material or just the sound world, you know, thinking about that will, will get you onto the track you need to be in um, or listening to certain sounds that are uh, reflective of what it is you're trying to create. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like you're scratching for the thing that you're, you're looking for, you Definitely. know, like, you know where it is. It's somewhere through the forest yeah and there's the you know but you just kind of have to keep like digging through the, the the trees and shit and i don't know yeah and, and and then finding that every day again so then you can then be in that mindset again that's the challenge right you know so i think that it's just like finding the fastest path to that mindset and that's hard and especially i don't think it has anything to do i mean the morning is kind of weird just because you are like your brain is not as like awake but mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know. I think that I would love if I could compose right when I woke up every morning, mm. but uh, I'm just not, I don't, I don't have the discipline to wake up, I guess. Yeah. It, it's, I, I, I think the main thing is I don't have the discipline to go to bed early. Mm. You know, that's the, that's like, yeah. I, yeah, man, I, I've fallen into that. Like I, that, that has, that was, that's been me my, my whole life. And then um, in like February, I think it was like right before, like a little bit before the quarantine, I, I started seeing a sleep therapist. Really? And, yeah. And I didn't even know that was a thing either. Like I, I went to the doctor one time to get a checkup and I told, and he, you know, they asked you like, oh, have you been like, how have you been feeling lately? Like what's, you know, and I told him, I was like, I, I can't sleep, man. And, and he recommended a sleep therapist to me. And one of the things that we, we talked about to try to get me on track of having a, a healthy sleeping uh, behaviors is regardless of what time I went to bed, I would still wake up at the same time every day. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So like, and I, 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 that's what I've been having trouble with lately is, is still waking up at the time when my alarm goes off. But yeah. at the time in February and March, when I started doing that, if I would fall asleep at like three or four in the morning, but I'd still wake up at six thirty, wow. and it it was terrible, you know. But one thing that I started um, that helped was I I I had a very specific set of things I would do every morning right when I woke up. So mm-hmm. the two things that helped the most was when my alarm would go off, I would I would sit up and turn it off. You know, like I wouldn't lean over, laying down and then reach. I would yeah. sit straight up and turn it off and immediately get out of bed. And and then I would immediately get dressed like for the day, you know. That's and, good. Yeah. Getting dressed is super important, I think. Like even if you I think even even if you can get up, it almost just makes you more focused. And it's so like you that's like I don't know. It's so critical for this time because most people are home. So it's easy to just be in pajamas, like sweatpants and stuff. Yeah. Even just like putting on like, you know, some pants and like, like if you're going to go out, like if you had to go out, um, it's 
it's just, I don't know. I think it changes your mindset. At mm. least for me, it, it, it will like change my day. Like if I'm like, like, you know, like not moping, but just like kind of like uh, drowsy or like, you know, not with it. The, like if I change my clothes and like put on something that's just like, you know, more like if I was going out somewhere, it changes my mindset. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good. And, and not like wearing the same clothes you wear to bed, like just like one, because then that's just like, and and you know that's just like an attachment of your bed, like you're still in bed because you're just like you know, it feels the same, you know. While I'm and and I'm wearing sweatpants right now, so <laughs> that's how my day's been. <laughs> that, yeah, man. I mean, it, it, that's the thing is like every day we sort of have this, like we sometimes we float through the day, sometimes we're like just attacking the day like full force you know like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this and then other days it's like i'm just gonna stare at the ceiling and not think about anything you know like <laughs> but one but, one, <clears throat> one thing that's good for me for sleeping in general is just like not looking at my phone or any screen an hour before i go to bed mm. like if that's just reading books or literally um playing the piano or like playing an instrument or something or you know, that, that hour before I go to bed, it's hard to stick to mm-hmm. um, for sure. Usually I'll, I'll read or just like do something that's just like not, uh, not extremely engaging just to give my brain that time to slow down. Cause oh, like, it's fantastic. so easy to just be in bed, just like, you know, flipping through, uh, whatever. And, and, you know, I don't, I that's just, I found that it's better that way. Yeah. Almost to like, just like, remove all that stuff do you uh, do you have a real alarm clock or do you have a phone do you use your phone no i have a real alarm clock okay yeah yeah that's good i have one too i think that's yeah i mean if i have to get up really early i'll set both or if i have to get up for something important i'll set both just to like be cautious but mm-hmm. in general yeah real alarm clocks i think they have a use still i don't think oh, the totally. phone has taken away the the alarm clock you know yeah well, so uh, have you seen? I I started watching it today, but have you seen that documentary on Netflix, The Social Dilemma? Oh yeah, I watched that actually so recent, probably like th- four days ago. Okay, man, it was so super well done. Like the there's how how much have you watched of it? I think I've watched like maybe a half hour. I haven't watched yeah. a terrible, maybe a third. You know? Like, yeah, I love how there's this. There's like two um, levels of it. There's the one where it's like it's not like. It's not like investigators. It's like these people that made the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the people that were part of the process, which is so crazy that they they're like speaking out. I mean, it makes sense. Like they have this this weight on top of them. But there's like that part where it's like the um, Tristan, who, uh, that guy Tristan and then like the, the other people. And then there's that like fictional storyline of this family mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it shows like it's explaining to you all these things and all the aspects of it. Too, and then you see it in this fictional setting as well. And that, like, that's super clever how they did that. I, yeah, I loved the, yeah, I was definitely upset when it was over. I was like, man, I wish this went on for another hour. Oh, sort of like well, a limited I series? Watched, yeah, I could have watched it. I sure. could have watched more and more of it because it was just like, I mean, they'll, yeah, I don't know what the plan is for, you know, I don't know what Netflix's plan is, but they should continue to put out stuff like that because it's very educational and like, a mo- like mind opening for, uh, people just in general because it's such a foreign thing like i don't know i never thought about it really yeah until recently most people haven't thought about it 
I, I, I think that's incredibly accurate. Um, and one, one thing I'm, I'm so interested to see what's going to happen after that document. I mean, cause that documentary has been out for a couple of weeks now, right? I think it's been out for longer than that. I really? I, I yeah, haven't, I, mean, I haven't noticed it take like, uh, um, like trending or anything like that, you know? Which, which is a, uh, that's like a social media sort of term too. You know? yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I think that's, I don't know. I think that some people, they like, I'm a very cautious person. So mm. when I see that kind of stuff, it like makes me think about it. And then I think about that for a while and then I mm. try to like make changes in my life. But I think some people just, um, are okay with the way it is. And then they just like allow it to continue to happen or allow their life to continue as it is, you know? Yeah. I, I think yeah, that was something I was sort of thinking about is um, it's the documentary, as far as I can see, it, is definitely trying to show you how social media is actually affecting you as a person and what they're doing with how, how they're in a way manipulating. How they're monetizing it. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so you can certainly see how it's very much attacking a lot of that stuff. And I'm not saying that's a terrible thing or a bad thing or anything like that. It's of course important. It reminds me a lot of when Morgan Spurlock did supersize me for, um, Uh you know, like his, his whole thing was like, this is really bad. The fact that just for a little bit more money, you can get that much more food Mm -hmm. and the nutritional uh, value of that is like terrible. You know, yeah. and so the health consequences is 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 you know uh, detrimental. Um, but I I also thought on the flip side of that is, and this is this is a, a genuine question too. How much? Um, how, how do I ask that? What responsibility is there on the user, too? You know. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think there's definitely. I think there's some responsibility for sure. Um, But I think that there's definitely way more responsibility um, with the tech companies to be more open about what they're doing Mm -hmm. Um, or in general, just like, I don't even know how to begin to think about fixing it really. But I think that the best thing that can happen right now is for people to understand what's going on and then try to change their habits. Mm. Um, but there definitely has to be something larger that goes on, just like a, a bit of, you know, like regulation or something within the companies to to just be more transparent about it. Because no one really knew. I mean, it's been going on for a long time and no one, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a tough, it's such a unique and like totally foreign thing to anything that anyone, like the system we have, right now is not set up to handle that like the Mm -hmm. like the you know like our the way our country functions is like not set up to to transition into like you know how how to fix this or how to how to you know inform people about it it's just it's it's a it's a big deal it's a super big deal yeah so so um so then with that you, you you think that there's a a portion of it that is of personal responsibility and then a portion of it that is of responsibility of the the companies and organizations. Yeah. I mean, I think there's only, I mean, in a perfect world, there's only so much that the companies can do Mm -hmm. um, to, to like almost hinder themselves to be like 
not as um, invasive. Right. But also, you know, the parents or the users have to have some responsibility as well, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, definitely some user responsibility for sure. It's it's an interesting thing to think about in parallel to to being a music student or even being a musician, you know, like um, how how much time you're dedicating to doing one specific thing and how well you how deeply you're focusing on that. Sort of like what we were yeah. saying before about composing, you know. Um, totally, yeah. I mean, it's like I don't know. I've always found that variety for me has been great within music and outside of music. Just like doing. Um, things that are totally different from music just for that reason, mm-hmm. you know, just for the reason of like, I'm not just composing all the time and which I did for a while, you know, I practice saxophone a lot and compose and that's what I did. But I think sometimes you just have to do something completely different mm-hmm. that like other finding other hobbies and stuff or the time I've spent outside of music. When I come back to it, you're just like totally refreshed no one can just be in it that long. I mean, mm-hmm. some people probably can handle it, but I can't as a person, you know? And then within music, I've, you know, I play saxophone and I compose and I play in a band and I just try to keep it fresh. You mm-hmm. know, I just try to like, if I'm too bogged down and like composing, then I'm like, I'll do something else just so I can try to, you know, try to keep it interesting. And I think mean, that's so important. Like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'll be like, uh, I'm not going to be like extremely great at one thing, but I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter to me. It, right. What matters is that like I'm enjoying the process and enjoying the results that come out of it. <laughs> like being like, I want to shred my saxophone harder than anything, you know, <laughs> which I do. But it's like, you know, I can't I, I know that I won't. I know that I don't know. I know that I can't spend all my time doing it because it's just like I won't get anything out of it. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting, man. I, I think that it's an important thing to to. Um, to get to, especially once you graduate, because as a student, obviously you, you can't be redlining all day as a student. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you that is the time, that is the period of your life when you need to be honing your, your craft. Sure. You know? um, do you have any sort of uh, like, I don't want to, I don't know, methods or whatever to, to uh, have that balance? Of, of, of like composing and then, all right, I need to do something else, you know? Oh man, it's so hard. It's like, I mean, sometimes it's situational just because sometimes I'll have to write a piece mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh man, I'm going to be composing for like the next two months, definitely three months. Um, but then I know like after I write the piece, I'm like, man, I got to do something else. It's almost just like listening to yourself and like being like, and even if I'm writing the piece and I'm just getting too frustrated, you just have to, sometimes you just got to put it down and, and like, just, you know, be aware of like how you're feeling towards the creative process or towards what you're doing, just because I don't know if I'm not enjoying the process, then it's just, I feel like I'm not going to have an enjoyable result, mm-hmm. you know, at least yeah. with me most of the time. There's some things you have to grind, you know, for sure. Um, especially with composing is different, especially like playing an instrument. There's some things that just like you have to grind and, and do, and there's ways you can, you know, make them more enjoyable, but, um, there's like a lot, it's a playing an instrument that is like almost like exercising in some ways, you know, there's some things that you just ha- that are like excruciating and you just do it <laughs> like, yeah, like long tones and stuff. People, some people like them, but yeah. I personally don't 
which is probably <laughs> why, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So I think, I don't know, just listening to yourself. And if, yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, it's all about like listening to yourself. And if you're writing, if you just think about it, like with composing, if you're just writing and it's like not working, hmm. you can't just keep pounding away at it. It's not, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, oh God, what's that saying? Like you're, you're just, I don't know what the saying is, but it's like, you're just hitting your head against the wall, you know, yeah, like you're hitting a brick wall and you can't, I don't know. You can't expect, I don't know. You can't, yeah, you can't expect that it, it's going to be, it's going to get more fun if mm-hmm. you keep doing it, you know? It's not like, I don't know. The most, yeah, the most enjoyable times I've had composing were when I was like clear, or maybe I was like working on something a lot and maybe I was a little frustrated, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do this and this, you know, I was like passionate about it. I wasn't in this like, sort of like not you know this like uneasy like just like beating away at it mindset at least i've never found to get great ideas in that way mm. you know it's just keeping it fresh adam keep it fresh that's uh subway you know yeah oh that is subway <laughs> i don't so, know eat fresh eat fresh eat fresh okay, okay. Well, if I eat Subway, that'll improve my composing because I'm eating fresh, so then I'll be keeping it fresh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's the correlation, man. You or just get eat. like a Subway shirt. And... <laughs> um, have, you, have you implemented many different approaches with composing? Or, or have you sort of, I mean, because going through grad school, I mean, grad school, or uh, let's, uh, I'll be specific, master's degree, right? Yeah. Because doctorate's grad school yeah, as well, yeah. I think. Um, but Going all the way up to that level, I mean, that's that's a serious level to be studying something. Um, so I imagine that there was because you studied with uh, Julia Wolf, right, mm-hmm. at uh, NYU. Yeah. So what what sort of methods have you experimented with that um, have helped with this? Yeah, um, I think that I always, again, I try to, if I'm hitting a wall, I'll try to totally change my approach, hmm. and also I like not to be abstract, but I kind of like listen to the piece. So like if I'm writing a piece that's like super piano based, then I'll be like writing on the piano a lot and probably just like, you know, writing on sheet music just to like get it out. But if I have um, like a lot of instruments, sometimes it's just better to, to just be writing it in finale for me because I can hear everything. And um, I, I you, normally what I do is I flip flop back and forth between like paper and finale Mm. even like up to the end i'll be like i'll just like flip flop back and forth just because sometimes like listening to finale after a while is just like you know it's not the same um but but it's like far as duration goes and like length of sections and like keeping things um adjusted how you want them finale is great but sometimes you just gotta get rid of it's another screen you know you just get rid of the screen and just like yeah, so I sometimes I'll even just like lay on the floor. One that's like my like last stand. If I like can't get anything done, I like lay like on the floor and just imagine sounds in my head. Mm. That's like la- that's like when I when I'm really hitting a wall, that's like the last thing I do. Um it's like this sort of like super isolated like using nothing but like my imagination at that point. Mm. No instruments, nothing. And sometimes that 
that's like that's helpful too so i have like those three sort of things like this like finale like listening to it right away and then the the piano and and paper and pencil and then just like totally isolated not you know yeah is uh is the finale your default would you say finale's default yeah yeah i used sibelius at first but i yeah i like finale better for sure mm-hmm. i mean it's got every every single program has its problems i don't know if you messed around with dorico i haven't i have but, uh, you like it it honestly i i feel like if they can once they tweak a bunch of things i think it's going to yeah. be the program oh man i legitimately That's what people think are saying yeah yeah i yeah i think that i found i spent so much time on finale that i know like all the ways to make it not i like know how to avoid all the problems most mm. of them so now I'm like not updating my computer, like not updating Finale because I have it in like the the most <laughs> the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after a while, I'm gonna have to, like, you have to upgrade, and you know, you can't just live in the the, the dark ages forever. You could, but you know, it just doesn't. And my computer's gonna die at some point. So. Oh my God, man! Yeah, my my computer today. My computer. I got this thing. Oh God. 2012 i think uh-huh. so it's like eight years old and it still has a lot of room on it like i i, I don't download music and movies or anything yeah. like that but um i was in the middle of like putting this video together and stuff and i i had like 10 minutes of this whole thing clipped and all that stuff and then my computer froze oh, like no. like crashed froze you know oh my god no, so i had to shut it off are... Dude, processing videos takes a lot of computing power. It does. Yeah. And I, that's what I, I was actually thinking, like, oh, my God, I hope this this call right now doesn't get all messed up, like, you know, midway or, or the recording gets all screwed or... Um, Even, yeah, my computer's around the same age, like 2012, I think. 2012 or 2013. Hmm. And uh, and sometimes when I'm on... Lo- I use Logic uh, and I have too many plugins opened and, like, virtual instruments... My yeah, my computer just starts doing crazy stuff. It doesn't want yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's like you hit play and it's nothing happens. <laughs> it starts speaking in Chinese like yeah, it's just like yeah. I definitely if I upgrade, I'll get a more powerful computer for sure. Mm. Um, but for what I'm doing now, it's kind of I I make it work. Yeah, um, I don't do a ton of production, but I do some, um, and that also I mean. video processing what you're doing is like the most computing power yeah like you know like exporting videos and stuff that's yeah your fan must be just running like crazy oh my god i i i've been meaning i was talking to my buddy uh ben ben danham is his name uh he's he's an awesome composer does a lot electronic stuff and uh he was giving me some tips and things to do to kind of uh you know help it and and maintain it you know like taking the, the 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 cover off and like uh i don't know shit about computers so i, I can't even pretend like i you know but uh i don't know take just, the cover off just take the cover yeah. off look at it and it's like it's still there <laughs> it's like the car hood thing you know like when someone's car breaks down and they immediately go and lift up the hood yeah. like they know about cars but it's like <laughs> that inquisitive look like hmm. yeah <laughs> so that's what i i am I'm, I'm i'm good with cars i'm pretty good with cars um i have like a a basic knowledge, you know. That's good though. I know. Can you do an oil change? Are. Yeah, I actually need That's to. Good. I'm That's overdue. Good. I mean, you save yourself money. Yeah. 
Well, that's one thing I'm so excited about having this garage. Is, is oh uh, yeah, do you got one of those rolly uh, like things? Oh, to, like to a, roll roll myself under it. Yeah. Nah, man. I, boards or whatever. I, I have to crawl. <laughs> I'll get you one for Christmas. Oh, you're a beautiful man. <laughs> that's amazing. I feel like that's if I ever was like I'm gonna work on my car. That was that would be the first purchase I would get. It's a rolly board. <laughs> that's a good purchase man i mean that's like going back to what we were saying before about efficiency and uh yeah you know and also yeah like i don't know not laying on the cold ground mm. yeah that does get that does get shitty um so uh, have you have you read any and like do you ever read any books or anything like that about yeah. other, like um other um like professionals or 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 I don't want uh, like established people in their craft, whether that's movies uh, or music or literature and to learn about their process, like their creative process. No, I've never. Yeah. I mean, I've read like some productivity books, which were okay. Sometimes like I find those books to be like super, like it's all like anecdotes, like stories and stuff about like what they've experienced and then how they'd learn from it, which can be, it's interesting, you know, and it's like nice to read. Um, but I always find like little nuggets in those books, but I've never written or I've never, yeah, I've never read um, anything like that. Anything that was like, you know, are you going to bring up the Stephen King book? Oh my God, that book's amazing, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've i been meaning to read that book for the longest time. Oh yeah? You're talking about on writing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, I, that's uh... like all my, that's on my list, uh, on my long list of books, but uh, mm. that's on my list for sure. I've heard it's, I bought it for a friend for his birthday. Okay. He's a composer and he, um, uh, I knew he would like it. So I bought it before, but not for myself. <laughs> <laughs> you you were close enough to see it, but you yeah, couldn't I touch t- it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read the first page, I think, but. <laughs> well, then you got it. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. He, he, um, he has this, like, it was, it was actually a game changer for me. This one thing that he talks about was um, after he writes the first draft. Well, the first thing he says he does is, is when he writes the first draft, he just writes. He doesn't, he doesn't put on like the editor hat. You know, he's not critiquing it as he's writing. He just writes. Mm-hmm. You know? So then whatever's in his head, he gets out. Then he says he puts the, he takes the manuscript or that draft and puts it in a drawer for like six weeks and doesn't wow. look at it. And, and what this does is when he finally comes back to it after a month and a half, he now has like the audience perspective because he's, he's so disconnected from what the original ideas were. And so I started doing that. I try to do that now, but I I did that maybe one or two times, like legitimately where I walked away from a piece after writing it for like a month. Whoa. And I came back and I, I had a really objective view on it, you know? And I could see things that I didn't see the first time where it was like, sure, why this needs to go on for way longer. Like this is, this is ineffective for this proportionate amount of time, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I, I still try to do that, but it's, it's a challenge, especially if you're working under some sort of like deadline with the commission or something, you yeah, know? Yeah. So you, you have to sort of plan it out if you're yeah, going to you do can't that. all be Stephen King. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, even if you just shorten that, like six weeks is a long time, but even a week or two weeks right, still can be incredibly insightful, probably, you know? I, I, th- I, think. I think it could. I, I think it could. I mean, you even find it like two days. If you do two days with, you're like, 
you know, you're done, you know, you can't write any more of a piece. And then you come back two days later, it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. totally different. But s- six weeks, that's pretty cool, though. I know, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It, it's wild. I, yeah. Um, that's, that's one thing that I read that was a total game changer for me. And, and uh, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's such applicable and practical stuff, you know? Sure. But yeah, it's one, one thing that I think is challenging with, with composing is when you do compose, like you were kind of talking about this earlier is you're so in the details of it all, you know, every single day. And, and I think a lot of the stuff you were saying earlier about like, sometimes you'll lay down. Sometimes you'll just think about what the sounds are. Sometimes you'll, um, you'll, you'll listen to different sounds that are within what you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Like those are, those are such important things to be doing to step out of that, you know, yeah. get that more like global perspective. Sure. And that's so tough to do sometimes. So hard. You're so invested and like passionate about something. It's really tough. And it's like, that's like the, that's like part of the craft that you work on. It's like, how fast can you put on that global hat? You know what I mean? How quickly can you get in the mindset of the listener? Um, And I always, yeah, I always get bogged down on things that I, you know, I sit there like listening to it live and I'm just like, no one's even hearing what I was like thinking about for days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there would be like a problem or like a note or something or a sound. And I'd be like, that just went by in a second and no one even heard it. Probably. <laughs> it was like so minuscule. And, and I, and I was just like bogged down on it for a long time. So I think that, yeah, you got to somehow find a way to get that perspective as fast as you can, because it can save you a lot of time. Mm, yeah man going back to that efficiency yeah it's you know totally saves time because yeah there's sometimes you just gotta let it be what it like stop thinking about it so much I don't mm-hmm. know. and then that comes on to like the question of like when do you stop fixing things and like what what like what's the i don't know i've always i think that i always run out of time mm-hmm. and i'm just like all right here we go <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, I wish that I, I was more efficient uh, with, like, I don't know. Sometimes you you feel like you ran out of time, then you listen, you're like, oh, it's fine. And then other times you have a bunch of time, and you're like, this is great. And then you listen to it, and you're like, man, I wish I spent more time on that, you know? Right. So I think you just got to get, just getting stuff out, and then hearing it in a different situation, hearing it live, hearing it, you know, at the premiere or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't ever finish it, then you won't ever hear it at a premiere, hear it live, you know? So it's just, yeah. I've definitely, since I started composing, I'm now, like, more tolerant to, like, letting things go and just, like, you know. Um, but it's tough. That, that's that's an interesting thing right there. I mean, like, kind of being able to... Um step back and then, and then you put it out there into the world and now it exists and you're like, that's that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you just got to let it, you just have to make sure that it gets out there and exists because, Mm -hmm. um, one, you're going to learn so much along the way. Um, and also you made something and that's cool no matter if it's bad or good, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's also important. Um, so yeah, just getting it out there. It's tough. (laughs) 
it's like all these it's like just having like children every piece is like a different child you know yeah let it just yeah well uh, that's the thing it's like i was kind of thinking about this uh was it yesterday or something about like when you when you submit to call for scores or like you apply for a grant or whatever it is you know you have to put in a certain amount of energy in order for your application to look good you know and obviously it's it's not good for us to be connected to it to the end result of receiving it you know but just through the act of trying to put it together you you start to become uh you know tied to that yeah How, how do you how do you deal with those sort of things like um you mean like dealing with uh like submitting to stuff and then hearing the results or just submitting in general both yeah so like i always i don't know after a while you just i mean pe- you, people do it with simple examples like resumes mm-hmm. people like tweak their resumes like crazy it's like if you don't have any spelling errors and there's nothing misaligned then just put it in you know because most of the time those call for scores and, and grants and like applying for school and stuff, they look through those things so quickly mm-hmm. and that a lot of the things you were like, you know, going back and forth on, they, they, they look over and they, as long as the piece is good and you, you, you feel like it's a good representation of yourself. I think that sometimes, I mean, grant writing is different, I think, than submitting pieces just because sometimes it's specific to like a, an essay or, or, or like a, a prompt or something like that. Um, but I've, I've never submitted any, or I've never applied for a grant, but for submitting for call for scores and stuff, I kind of just, I don't know. I get it out. I just try to get it out. Cause I'm, it's easy to get so close to the deadline and be like, Oh no, I'm not going to do this. And then just bail. Right. You know? But then you just missed an opportunity. Yeah. Like, and then pe- people are scared that they're like, well, this, you know, pe- maybe they're going to see, like my work not in its like best form or whatever and it's like well that you didn't get it or you got it and either way you still went for it you know Mm. and yeah it's the same yeah it's the same as applying for jobs and stuff you just got to start you gotta if you don't put anything out there you're not going to get any positive you know you're not going to get any uh like you know results so i think it's just putting it out there again you can't just like uh be like reckless with it, (laughs) you know, there's definitely a happy medium, but I think that it falls more on the reckless side than people think, Mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost. No, no, please continue. Yeah. Because you don't, you just don't know, you know what I mean? And it's not like if you get a negative result, it's going to hinder your whole career, you know, or you're, it's going to hinder like, the next time you submit for something else, mm-hmm. it's like, no, you just didn't get it. Apply for another one and, or, you know, submit for another and see what happens. You know? Yeah. Oh man. That's great, dude. That's so great. I, I, you'll just get frustrated, you know? And then you like put yourself on this, like you, you put like your work on this super high pedestal, mm-hmm. which is good to do, but <clears throat> I don't know if you put it too high, then you're going to, you know, you're not going to submit for anything and you're just going to feel like too uh, precious about it to like reveal what you've done. I don't know. That's I, yeah, it's such a hard thing to kind of uh, um, like when you're a student, especially it's such a hard thing to start to accept. 
you know, because for one thing, I think I, I think I talked about this when I was, uh, you know, Jonathan Kearsby, he's a saxophonist. Yeah. 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 He was someone, he's another person who uh, I interviewed for this podcast. And, and we, we sort of talked about that, like how as classical musicians going through school, you're trained to cr- constantly critique what you're doing, yeah. you know? And, um, and so like that whole saying, like you're your hardest critic could not be true, more true, you know? Uh, and one, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is actually because uh, the, 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 issues I've been having with trying to start my career and, mm-hmm. and figuring out ways to, to monetize what it is that I'm doing or like try to um, literally just make an, a living, you know? Yeah, sure. And uh, there was one thing I applied for this competition. It was like this percussion trio. Sure. I, I don't remember what they're called. It was very recently. And uh, I just saw it on like Facebook and I was like, oh, I'm going to apply to it. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I liked it because it was like, I haven't written much for percussion. So this would be a really cool opportunity. I have a lot of ideas for, for percussion. So I feel like I can present a good proposal. And then the other thing was like, it was a pretty good uh, award if you got selected. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I submitted to it the day, like two or three days before it was due, because I was like, I just need to fill it out, you know, get it done with, submit it. And then when I got the, the rejection email, I was at first, I was like, God damn it, man. Like, I, it was, it was, it was frustration, not so much because why am I not good enough, but it was honestly because, um, I need to make money, you know? And so I realized that that is not a good thing to rely on for, as a way to earn your living. And once I, and I, I thought about that almost immediately. And then once I thought about that, I was like, let me email them back and ask them if they have any feedback as a way for me to improve okay. future proposals, you know? And once I shifted that way of thinking, it actually like, I felt so much better about the situation. You totally. Know? Yeah. You, I think that that's such a smart thing to do. Um, and same thing with job interviews and stuff. Like if you take an interview and, and then you don't get selected, you know, emailing them and just seeing what you can improve on because and it feels a little weird, but it's like, no, you're just going to learn a ton. Right. You're gonna, like you're going to learn so much just if they respond, you know, like sometimes they just like blow you off. But <laughs> yeah, if, if they respond, you're going to learn a ton. And I think that's like, yeah, that's and it's tough to like, I don't know. I found that same sort of struggle with like balancing like um, this sort of like, uh, oh, I want to do this gig for like the money aspect of it or like. You know, I, I don't know. I've always like worked side jobs just because I never like to put myself in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, I never like to, I don't know, do gigs and stuff that like, I'm not like totally about, um, just for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it will just, uh, I mean, it's always, there's always like a desire to play or like to write something, but I think, uh, I never like I always like to have a side job just so I'm not put in that position, Mm. you know? Um, Like even when I lived in New York, I always worked. um, And then it's like, because I'm just not good with a ton of free time either. You know, I like to have a busy schedule so then I can like, I can build things around it. Cause when I first came home for the quarantine, I was like not getting anything done because I was like, I'm still like pretty unproductive, but it's just because I have, I like didn't really have a schedule or anything, you know? 
I got some stuff done, but with all the time I had, I was like not being very productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, like I even like three weeks ago, I just started driving for Amazon, you know, like those, those vans, those big vans. Oh, no like shit. <laughs> vans. Yeah. It's a crazy job, but it's also been nice to have a little bit of, um, like consistency in my weeks, you know, mm-hmm. like I know I'm going to be doing this every week and it's not like a massive time commitment. I still have time to do things, you know, um, and it's an interesting job. You just like get to see stuff. Sometimes the driving's crazy, but it's like, you know, you, I don't, I, yeah, I'm definitely different from the norm. It's like, I would rather have less time to like be writing or be playing just so that I have like, uh, like a little bit of like protection, you know, security. That's kind of how I am. Mm. I just get like freaked out when I don't have that little security. Um, uh, and, I, and it's a tough balance, too, because sometimes you get to the point where you're working so much and you're not writing anything, you're not playing. And then it's like and it's really it's ridiculously hard to balance that. But yeah. for me, I'd rather have it with uh, like at least having some security than just to like be trying to, you know, play all these gigs and, you know, get all these opportunities just for like a little bit of money. And then you're like just putting all that pressure on it just for the reason of money, not for the reason of like actually wanting to play or actually wanting to write, Mm. you know? And that, I don't know. I think that can be detrimental after a while. As you were saying, you like realized how much you were thinking about it for that reason. Mm -hmm. But then when you shifted everything and you're like, one, I think about this differently. It's yeah. It's, it's a weird balancing act. And that's, that's uh, really you know, um, like to know yourself well enough that you, for you to understand that you need to have some, a job in general, just so you have that level of comfort, you know, that's important, um, you know, to, to know, to understand yourself, like have that self-awareness. I mean, it took a little while to figure out, but once I figured it out, I was like, and it's not like easy, you know, because sometimes you like you're at work and you want to be doing something else, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like, and and also for me, it's the, uh, the like besides like the security, it's also just the consistency. Like I was saying when I came back, if I have like a clean slate of nothing, I won't. It'll be hard for me to accomplish stuff. But if I'm like, man, I got to go to work in three hours, and I also got to go get groceries, and then I'll have like two hours to compose. Then those two hours to me feel like the like most essential two hours in my whole world. I'm like, this is, I got these two hours. It's going to be amazing, you know? And then you, you, you like, you had, I don't know. It builds a schedule for itself then. Well, what, what, a, I mean? what a great motivator too. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I think that, yeah. And I, and again, it's also the variety of like, just not doing music all the time. Mm-hmm. You like are in different aspects. You're like experiencing different aspects of the world. You know, you have like this sort of like job thing. And then, um, and then you also have this outlet, this massive creative outlet as well. Mm-hmm. And then that helps with the job too. You're not just working the job and doing your thing. You also have this other, I always try to like balance those two worlds of just like working and, and then also like composing and playing saxophone and playing with the band and stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they collide and it, and it, and it's scheduling can be hard too and stuff, but that I think that I'll deal with those things like scheduling and like maybe sometimes not sleeping as much rather than just like 
not having the security and not having the the schedule. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. That's that's it's it is it is a weird thing with um, trying to get things to line up properly like that. I oh, mean, yeah. especially when you when you are a student and you're doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, but if, well, I don't even want to say especially when you're a student. Like regardless if you're a student or not, being uh, graduating from you know no longer being in school anymore and, and then just trying to still do fun things, do creative things, do, and th- and then at the same time, uh, have an income. Yeah. You know, that, that the balance of like professional and personal life and, um, yeah, you, I mean, you have to, at a certain point, that's like, that's one of the hardest things about getting out of school is finding that balance. Mm-hmm. And I would say that my advice would be like, if there's some young aspiring artists listening right now (laughs) uh, would be, be like, start the income thing first. And then, and then I think that it helps you realize how important music is to you. Once you, once you're working all the time and then you're thinking about how much you want to be doing something else, then you realize how important it is to you. You know, it helps you, it helps you put into perspective, like, man, this is really important to me. Like I'll, like I want to find a way to continue doing this. You know, <laughs> it's funny you say that because that's exactly what happened to me. That's that's literally what got me to the point where like um, I I have a business coach. I I I hired a business coach like a year ago, uh-huh. and and uh, I was working this full time job. It was my first like legitimate full time office job, you know, and uh, I was not liking it at all. Yeah. It was, I had, I had health insurance, I had retirement, I had sure. all this stuff, you know, and, um, I, I, I wasn't composing, I wasn't doing anything creative. I had no energy to go out and even go to performances, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I definitely hit that. I hit that and leading me to where I am right now doing this, you know, like having this podcast and, um, you know, seeing, like talking to people and, and all kinds of stuff. How long ago was that? That was, um, I started doing business coaching, I think June of 2019. Okay. And the job I had, uh, was it, it ended in, I think it was the end of July of 2019. It was a month later. Yeah. And then, and then since then I've worked some smaller jobs. I mean, I, I taught at a, a college in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I taught, uh, um, guitar lessons and then I had a job at a hotel when I was in uh, Bowling Green um, because I, you know, I needed to make some money. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then there was like small commissions, nothing, nothing too big. Um, you know, certainly not enough to where it's like, I, I can just live off commission sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so tough. I mean, I think that starting, starting first with the income is the way to do it personally for mm-hmm. me i found um because if you don't have an income it's like it's tough mm-hmm. um and like the especially if you like want to live in a city and stuff like the starving artist thing is not really a thing anymore because like new york just to be used to be just so cheap you know you could get rent for like 200 bucks a month and mm-hmm. like you know work a couple days a week and be fine so the starving artist thing is like tough but for me i i can't I don't know. I can't see myself doing that. And I think that it's just, it's just important like to, 
work a crappy job and then realize like how much you like music. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's so, a good reminder. It's a really seriously. good reminder. And not that like any of the jobs that I worked were like super crappy or anything. It's just like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just, it's so hard to find the balance. Mm-hmm. It's always like, especially working in restaurants and stuff because you're always picking up shifts and like getting out early or like doing, it's always, it's very fluid. And when I was in New York too, I was like, uh, driving, I was like dropping off. Basically I worked for this guy that owned a ton of vibraphones and marimbas and he would rent them to people for like gigs and stuff. So I'd like get a call the night before and then I have to like get up and like drive a vibraphone to like a gig, um, or like a concert venue or whatever. So I was doing that as well. So like my schedule was just all over the place. Mm. Um, and it was tough after a while cause you're like, I don't know. You, you find the balance though. I think that you, um, you'll find the balance because you will start to want things and it just kind of works itself out. Right. I think. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I don't know. It's, it's an ongoing battle for sure, but you get better at it. You get better at it. Yeah. It's something I've noticed too, as I've, you know, like getting, as you get older and stuff, you know, not to say that I'm old, but like, I'm, you know, we're always getting older. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, is you, you start to, you start to understand yourself more than you did five years ago, more than you did 10 years ago. Like, you know, every, uh, that's one thing I've, I've noticed, you know, um, even just like little things too, like why yeah, I can't think of an example, honestly, but I don't know, maybe something within your living situation, if you live with your spouse or something and knowing like, these are little things that maybe set me off in a negative yeah. way, you know? Totally. I think I, 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 at least for me, I feel like my self-awareness has gone up and understanding who I am and the, and what it is that I need to sort of, uh, um, like just kind of get through each day. Yeah, that's so, I mean, that's so good. I think that you, it's a con- another constant battle, but you figure it out after a while. And yeah. it's, it's a great, sometimes you'll have like some crazy, like reflective moments and you remember like how you were thinking about yourself like five years ago. And you're like, man, I learned a ton. <laughs> and that's so good. That's so powerful. Yeah. Like, you know, to, to do that. And I mean, now, like, obviously now is a totally different time than it's like hard to put it in perspective now, just cause like everything's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, yeah, in general, I think that I'm the kind of person where even if I'm working a ton, if I have some projects I have to get done, I'll find the time to do them around the work schedule as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you find the time. Cause if you really want to do it, you'll find the time. <laughs> and I think that's important. If that's important to know that you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll do that out of like necessity. Um, and then, yeah, maybe it's like two or three nights of like not sleeping that much and you like go to work and you're tired, but it's like, you got it done and you know, you got your, you paid your rent and it's like, all right. So then that, I don't know. It's important to me that, that sort of like, um, you know, paying the rent and then like getting, even if it's like getting done by like burning the midnight oil, that's fine. (laughs) But I I like, you know, knocked it all out. It's yeah. And I think also sometimes when I'm like, not, for example, like with the quarantine, when I was like not doing much, 
it doesn't lend itself to like being more motivated to do other things, you know? So like, you know, you go to work and you have a work day and then you're like motivated because you're like, man, I just did a bunch of stuff. Now Mm. I like, I don't know. I'm the kind of person I get motivated when I'm doing other things as well. Mm. So that's why the quarantine has been tough for me creatively. I mean, I've gotten some projects done and done some things, but it's just tough because it's just like, there's no form to it, you know? And you're also just like, you're like, not talking to anyone in person and you're just like not interacting with anyone. And I'm like, love talking to people. And I like worked in a restaurant where I was like, you know, it was busy. So I was like, you know, meeting 50 new people every day or whatever, or more, you know, just like talking and, and the, I miss that sort of interaction. So for me to like totally change my life like that was tough, but I've definitely gotten used to it and kind of like, you know, settled into what's hat like settled into like the sort of routine i guess of it all but it's been nice starting this job now kind of like i'm like man there's people out there you know (laughs) (laughs) they're still alive yeah and it's all i love driving too i've i love driving even that was the one thing i will say about having a car in new york that i loved i just loved driving Hmm. i would drive to the grocery store even though i didn't have to and then i would just drive around random neighborhoods and just look and see architecture and see different things. And I love that, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, uh, it's really engaging. And that, and that's the, the job is stressful just cause like you have to deliver quickly and everything, hmm. but it's nice to just like see a bunch of different stuff. You know, every day is different. You have different routes and you have, it's yeah. How was it the first time you were delivering? Did it feel weird, like walking up to someone's steps and yeah, putting a package down? Yeah, it's pretty. It's still pretty weird. Yeah. Just sometimes you feel a little intrusive. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, I'm definitely more comfortable with it now because you're like, you know, you're like the delivery guy. You know, you're just like that's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. People expect it. Yeah, people expect <laughs> it exactly. Um, but yeah, it was definitely weird at first because I'm kind of like, again, I'm a cautious person. So I like felt a little uncomfortable. I'm like, maybe this is kind of weird, but it's, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. We, we had a, we have a, in front of our apartment, we have like this uh, fence right there. Uh-huh. And there was, I don't know if it was uh, the postal service or if it was an Amazon person, but they were delivering a package to our building and we live in the basement and then everyone else lives up. Right. Uh-huh. So any package that is delivered to us, is often put inside of that fence like there's a gate that they can open yeah and i don't know if whoever postal or amazon delivery person they just they had this giant box and they just tossed it over the fence oh my god (laughs) and i assumed it was for us i don't know what you know i know i didn't order anything but like i came outside and i was like can you not do that (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah i there because there's like Oh man, there's like videos of Amazon people like doing that kind of stuff. And you like, if you do that, you're done. Like you're get fired. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. it's just such a bad example of like the company or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also I could just never do that. But yeah, I'll have to go inside the fence. If I delivered right. to your apartment, if I delivered uh, some guitar strings to your apartment, uh, I would go to the, I would go inside the fence. I'm, I'm going to personally request uh, yeah. Andrew Koss. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but I also understand that you're on a, a strict schedule, a strict clock. So sometimes you're just like, got to go. <laughs> it's like, there it is. Good luck, buddy. That's funny, though. So it's crazy that you saw it happen. It was at like seven in the morning, too. 
I like seven in the morning. It was early. Yeah. So it was probably a postal person, I guess. But I yeah. mean, yeah, I was like sitting there like flossing or something. I don't know what. And I just, I, on the corner of my eye, I, I see out the window, just this thing moving. And, and I, I turned over and there was a box rolling over. <laughs> so <laughs> I like, I, I, there was a brief moment where I was like, I, I shouldn't do anything because my girlfriend was still sleeping and stuff. But yeah. then there was the, the New Jersey side of me was like, yeah. no, fuck that. Like, yeah. This person's going to hear about this. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Couldn't let that stand. I mean. Um, they got to know. That's early though. <laughs> 7 a.m. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, I mean, it may not have been seven, but it was, it was earlier. It was too early for something like that to be happening. happening. You know? Yeah. And then I remember my girlfriend was sleeping still. So like, I don't think she usually gets up until like, eight maybe about that so it was somewhere in that time time it probably frame. wasn't amazon's even much later um because sometimes the one thing is uh, i deliver it sometimes you just get pushed into the night mm. and like delivering at night that's weird that's definitely weird going up to people's houses at night you do know? you have any sort of like reflective stuff at all or? yeah there's like a vest dude mm-hmm. i got a cool vest I got oh cool yes yeah? are you gonna put it on no i'm not gonna put no. it on. <laughs> <laughs> you're teasing the people here <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting job. I would say definitely nothing like I've ever worked, Yeah. but it's nice. Like, especially during this time to like be totally by yourself, you know, you pick up all the packages and stuff at the warehouse, but after that you're on your own, you know, mm-hmm. you just, and I don't really interact with anyone. Sometimes you go in apartment buildings, but it's like, you know, it's a, uh, it's been interesting. And it's been, like I said, it's been good to have something that's been happening so that, also, when you're at the job, you're like thinking, you're like, man, I can't wait to get home and like write some music or like play some saxophone. Yeah. It just, ha- it just, yeah. So. Well, the thing that I think is great about a job like that, because I, I had this sort of experience when I worked at the, the hotel I had mentioned before, is when you get to work by yourself, that allows you the time to actually think about stuff. Yeah. Like composing. Like you could actually be composing while you're driving or something. Totally, or, yeah. You know, or listening to like, music or podcast or whatever yeah. that uh that that helps kind of get your gears turning or mm-hmm. you know engages you in some capacity you know yeah no there's especially yeah listening to music and podcasts it's like all i do because mm-hmm. it's you know there's just driving running up to a house sprint up there drop off that book sprint <laughs> <back>. <laughs> here's your, here's the newest uh here's the newest stephen king edition exactly, of on writing yeah you're delivering it every day, but you haven't read it yet. <laughs> I like know the book so well, I can feel it in the package. <laughs> you know. That's all writing. <laughs> See, you got it, man. You're you're th- you're you're right there. You're right there. <laughs> you're teasing yourself with it. That's what it is, dude. I need to read it. I uh, I I I remember hearing about it before because I remember you told me about it. Maybe you told me about it, or someone else did. Mm-hmm. A ton of people have told me about the book. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's been like on my list um, of books. The next time I make like an order of books, it's on there for sure. sure. Well, now now it's going to be on this podcast, and people are going to see this. So you're going to be held accountable, man. I am. You know? I'm just going to be walking down the street, and someone's going to be like, "Did you listen to, or did you read on writing? <laughs> <laughs> did you read it yet, bro? Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know this, this is like uh, this is a, a, a widely pro- broadcasted podcast. Widely broadcasted. Everyone's watching. Everyone. I got I got an email from uh, you know from Putin. 
Putin was like, dude, wait, is this li- wait, is this live right now? No, no. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> what, like what formats do you put it on after this? Uh, I just posted the first episode today and I saw I'll- it was on YouTube. Yeah, so um, I I, did, I said it to be premiered, and I never even announced that there was a premiere. Like, <laughs> like I, I I went to go find the video, and I was like, oh, it's playing already. Oh wait, and and yeah, so um, I'm, I, I I yeah. So here's an example of something where, uh, like you were saying earlier, when it comes to applying to like call for scores and stuff, is like it's a little bit more reckless than it is, you know um yeah planned uh with this podcast i i was like oh i'll put it on youtube great and then i was like well if i want it to be an audio it has to be hosted somewhere and then fortunately on my squarespace account i could i could i could host it myself and not have to pay some other network website to host it oh nice yeah so i put it on my website and then i'm also i um uh I, I apply, I don't know what you call it, like applied or whatever. So, oh, I submitted it to Spotify. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, so the video version right now is really only living on YouTube, which I'm also putting the link on my website. Um, but then there's also going to be an audio version that's it, that's on the website. And then hopefully Spotify as well. And then I'm, I'm going to also throw it up on wherever else I can. Yeah. You know, but um, that's like... You know, I'm, I'm hoping that the YouTube one takes place because, I mean, I'm, you know, the the video aspect of it, I think, is important. It's great. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, YouTube is, yeah, it's, there's so many different, for podcasts, there's so many different ways that people do it mm-hmm. and so many different, pl- I mean, there's like, I think what I listen on is like Apple Podcasts. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Or yeah. Pod, you know, the, the pink or purple one or whatever it is on the iPhone. Um, the water heater's on again. It made, its, it made another appearance. <laughs> another appearance. But, uh, um, yeah, that. I mean, this is awesome that you're doing this, Adam. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, the, like totally. And I think like a reckless aspect of this is good, you mm-hmm. know? Just like throw it out there and, and like keep doing it. Do you have a lot scheduled? I have, I think, four scheduled right now. And my plan is to try to do two a week. Nice for, for the time That's being. That's good. Yeah, I would just do as many as you can because it's like, I don't know, people right now want to talk for mm-hmm. sure. I would say that, like me, I was like when you asked me, I was like jazzed about it. I was really, <laughs> dude. I was dri- I was driving when you. I was in the Amazon van driving when you texted me. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go, man. Um, That's but, fantastic. Yeah, of course I parked before I responded to you. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To all the kids out there who yeah. who who are watching the social dilemma documentary, <laughs> Andrew doesn't doesn't subscribe to uh, any of the you know the norms. I don't even want to call it norms either. That's actually terrible to say that it's normal to be texting and driving. I don't know. I've been driving a lot and I see a ton of people. Yeah, it's bad. It's it is bad. bad. It's super bad. Like I, the thing. Well, the reason I saw it is because it has like the. Bluetooth thing, like it's a nice truck. It's got like, it's like, it's got amenities, and the text pop, text popped up, mm. and it was like, I was like, Adam, because I don't think I put your last name in my phone, <laughs> so it was just Adam, and then I was like, oh, and I was jazzed, dude. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, but no, that's yeah, the texting and driving, that's crazy. I can't, 
especially because it's like not my van or anything. I'd be oh, like, dude, that's reckless. That yeah, there's there's an example of where reckless is not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was like in Philadelphia too, so it's kind of like congested and mm. you know just not the time to be texting and driving. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that it happens more with people in like. In cities than you might think, too. I well, think you so. in New York City, you lived there for however long, so I mean, I'm sure you, you experienced it plenty. Yeah, yeah, I think that I've, I've heard of people getting, like, not ticketed, but, like, like people crack, like, the police, like, the NYPD cracking down on it, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like, they, you can, they can see you, like, it's so, it's not like, I don't know. But, I mean, there will, there will be, like, I think that, at some level there'll be like some sort of technology that like will monitor like if you're driving and your phone and we'll have to happen we'll have to happen you know Um, cars do that cars um, when you have it hooked up to the bluetooth it won't let you text while driving yep like I think you can receive text and maybe you can do the voice command thing the pot yeah yeah you know, but you can't like sit there like do 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 do. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. I think it's you know, it just takes away that temptation. It's like if you really got to send something, just pull over and park. And then, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or, or or get like a Bluetooth going and call them on the freaking phone. Yo, I love talking on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I prefer, I prefer it. Um, it's just I don't know. You, there's like nuance lost in text. You know, that's that's such a, you know, that's something that is actually I find really frustrating is when when you're uh, when you're trying to communicate with someone via text. And then when you talk to them later, like in person and they're like, hey, are you mad at me? And it's like, no, why? And they're like, oh, you like you put a period at the end of your sentence. And it, it just felt so uh, like official, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, man, I'm just using proper grammar. Like <laughs> One thing that's interesting is, like, uh, I used to buy, like, a ton of stuff off Craigslist, like, guitar pedals and just, like, random stuff. And you'd be, like, texting with the guy, and you would see, like, his texting personality, kind of, Mm -hmm. and then you'd meet him in person. And it was interesting to see, like, how different it was, you know, like, how different is this person? Because, like, also... You want to be like kind of professional. You're not like buddies, you know. So you gotta be like, "Yo, man, like here's the 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 delay pedal or whatever." But uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Texting, it's it's definitely got a use for sure. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just gotta send something out. But I much much prefer talking on the phone. But the one thing is, if you have you ever tried using the voice thing for the text? It's like the little microphone. I don't know what the official name is for it. You have an iPhone? No, no. Even on and or even on like Google phones or Android phones, they probably still have it. But basically, like you click the little microphone and you just talk. And I've talked for a long time before, and it transcribed the whole thing, pretty much word for word. That's crazy. It's crazy. That's wow. That, was, that yeah, technology's getting crazy, Adam. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is this is totally uh, leaning towards the social dilemma again. You know. Yeah. Of uh, of it kind of taking over and. Uh, one thing that I thought was was funny, which they they probably purposely put in, was like at the very beginning of the film, when they they start to introduce the people they're interviewing, and the people are sitting down in the chairs to like start the interview. Like they'll be sitting there, and then all of a sudden they'll go like this. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like it's it's so funny that they're they're even showing it. Oh it, yeah, it, it's such a meta thing, you know. Well, yeah, because I think they like let the camera roll, and then they just waited for. 
them to yeah. inevitably, you know, and they all freely, all those people freely admit that they're addicted to like their devices and stuff. Right. Right. Even though they created a lot of the things that, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy documentary. I might even watch it again. <laughs> it might be worth it. I mean, I, uh, do you, do you do anything to temper your, uh, cell phone use at all? Uh, yeah, it's been good with, uh, quarantine. Cause it's like almost habits you want to form. You can almost like, you're almost like, uh, you have like the perfect, uh, like time to form them because you're just at home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not like, you don't have the excuse of like being in all these different places. Um, yeah, I totally tempered it, but I think that a lot of it was just like me one, like the, the hour before I go to bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And also another thing I try to do, <clears throat> which I've been slacking like crazy is the hour when I wake up or at least an extended amount of time when I wake up. Mm-hmm. And the main thing is like not to just wake up and roll over and then go on the phone, you know, cause that's like, I don't know. That just sets a weird precedent for the day for me, dude. I am you know? so with like you. Like if on I that. just take, you just get up, don't look at your phone, make some coffee, go outside, and then look at your phone. I feel like if everyone in the world did that for the rest of their life, there'd be millions of years added to all those. You know, millions of years added to their lives. Like, <laughs> there's something like so toxic about. Waking and I do it all. I did it this morning. I rolling over and going right on the phone. Mm. You know, it's it, it's so easy to do. Like yeah. looking at email and stuff. It's just like why? Yeah. Well, it, it, I think um, just going even going on social media. Like you go on Facebook and just start scrolling. You go on Instagram and start scrolling, and and you're inevitably going to find something that's going to upset you. you sure, know? definitely. Yeah. And and um. I'm curious, I'm curious where you are with this right now, but this is, this is probably going to be incredibly controversial at this time uh, with, with the way the world is now, but I am avidly trying to avoid any sort of social or political like news or discussions. And, and for me, for me, it's because I, I want to be uh, focusing on the things in my world that I can control, you know? Sure. And so, so having, having that external thing, which at some point will upset me and frustrate me, it, it, it gets me to the point where I can't focus on other things, you mm-hmm. know? So in order for me to be able to do that, I have to eliminate it. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I almost, yeah. I told myself that I won't talk about anything political until after the election sure sure and i'm not i'm not trying to no i I, yeah i it's tough i mean and it's like so and it's way more intense than it's ever been oh yeah but it can't be the right thing to do is not just reading everything you possibly can read exactly yeah i think there could be a happy medium for you where you're just like kind of uh aware of what's happening Mm -hmm. but uh, if it's if it's healthier for you to be disconnected, I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's it's um, I don't know. I, I think that's one thing, too, where it's it's almost like expected that you have to be involved in a lot of this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, and for me, for me, I I don't 
I don't need to. I, I don't need to. I, I, I like, I'm at a point in my life at least where I need to be focusing on things that how am I going to start making money? You know, like how am I going to feel okay with going to sleep at night, mm-hmm. which, which is already an issue. It's been an issue for several years. So um, that's, that's something that it's, and it's challenging too, because like, like we said before, you can't go on Facebook and not find any of this stuff or on Instagram, yeah. you know, it gets, it gets um, like, like you said before too, especially like first thing in the morning, it, it, it like, it just brings you down. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I feel like it's not healthy that like the first thing while your brain is still like awake, trying to, um, to like wake up the first thing that you give it is this weird negative you know like uh just like reaction not reaction but like just this like weird negative energy is not good yeah i yeah. need some time i need some coffee before i you know <laughs> absorb anything that's gonna be but i think yeah that's like i would just as far as like you know trying to to sleep better. Cause I, I mean, I'm on and off with sleeping. Sometimes I, I sleep well. Sometimes I, yeah, I'm inconsistent, mm-hmm. but the, the taking away the screens an hour before bed is like so good. Cause your brain's then coming down, you know, you're, it's already nighttime. So your body knows that you're going to go to sleep soon. Yeah. And then when you take that screen away, you take away those, um, like stimulations and then you're less stimulated and you just like more easily transition into like going to sleep. Well, that's so I'm going to say this out loud right now because I think I need to hold myself even more accountable to it is one thing that I've been trying to do is is uh, not use my phone after 830 at night. Whoa, that's awesome. And and I, I I'm I'm pretty within the ballpark. Like often I might go until 915 or 930, you know, that's so great. like but um, but like I'm not trying to be, beat this whole conversation about my sleep or whatever, but like, that's literally, you know, why I, you know, I need to do that in order for me to try to, has it been helping? It does help a lot. It helps yeah. immensely. But, um, but I feel like I need to say that if I say that here and then this is put out there in the world and then people, if people see me online after eight 30, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What are you doing, man? You're supposed to be uh, relaxing and getting ready for bed. <laughs> I Yeah, I think, yeah, the phone, it's hard with the computer because I'm always on the computer. Um, but the phone thing, that's good. Just mm. like, yeah, that's after, well, what time do you go to bed at? I 11 is the time I try to go to bed. Mm. You know, 11 is the time where I, I, um, I for the last like, six or seven months i've been waking up at six in the morning and then yeah and then when we moved to chicago which we moved here the second week of august um my sleep got just fucked up again and um you know i'm sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that we moved and it's a new environment but um is it loud there like is there a lot of ambient noise uh sometimes i mean my upstairs neighbors sometimes it could be a little little loud and, uh, um, but that's been the issue ever since moving here is like, I, I've fallen back into like that, the old habits of, of, uh, not being able to go to sleep. My mind's turned on, you know, turned up to 10 yeah. and, 
So, so now, now I, I, I try to sleep. I try to go to bed by 11. I usually don't even fall asleep until after midnight if I'm lucky. And then I try to wake up by seven 30, but that's even a challenge too. It's a, it's a weird, frustrating thing. A long, I think long, you'll find, I mean, I think how long have you been there for? We've been here, uh, two months. Yeah. I mean, it's also a weird time too. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like such a weird time for like sleeping and just like, I don't know, enjoying life and stuff. Cause it's just like way different than the last, you know, 20 some years of your life or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's hard to make judgment on things like that right now. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, um, Cause like I've always find that I sleep better when I'm like fulfilled too. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you haven't been going to concerts or like, you know, interacting socially with people. So it's like that kind of stuff is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff helps you sleep. You're like, man, I went to that concert mm-hmm. and that dude ripped it on the trombone. And then you're just like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a good trombone solo always gives yeah. me a good night's sleep. <laughs> So it's it's tough to make decisions or make like assumptions and and about why things aren't working out at least during this time. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like a year or more of just like trying to let it happen, you mm-hmm. know, or you know trying to make the best of it. At least I've found. That's that's a uh, that's really good. I like that. Because I mean, you can't you can't you know you can't change anything personally you know you do your, what you can to be safe and everything be cautious but you can't really change the course of it it's still a lot of time that before things you know normalize or whatever so yeah and that's a you know kind of going back to what i was saying before with uh, me trying to be as in control with what i can control as mm-hmm. i can mm-hmm. you know and and like what sort of external stimuli i receive and then what I do with that stimuli, you know, um, how I react to it. Um, if I can control an aspect of it that I don't have to worry about reacting to it and I could focus my energies on other things that are more productive for me, mm-hmm. you know, then like that, that I think is, um, at, th- at this point in my life, that's very important. You know, how do how do you feel with, with where you are with these sort of things? I mean, uh, Oh, are you still there? Oh yeah, okay. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just saw that. Sorry. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, let's let's see what happens with this. Are, are we? Are we? Are, are we, we still? I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. All right. You're. That, you're... that was the first. That was the first lag so far. Yeah. Good. <laughs> what were we gonna say? Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? Um. Oh. 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 Um. How? How, how have you felt? through this whole transition of like going into the quarantine, living through it. And then now life is like very slowly coming back to normal. I mean, like how, how have you felt with, with like um, your, yeah, sort it, was, of- it was definitely at first I would say, I mean, it was scary. I think everyone was scared. Cause it's just like that, like massive unknown factor of like what's going to happen or what's happening at first, you know, but for me, at first, it was really nice because I was so busy. I was doing all these things. I was working. And so it was nice to have, like, the first week was, like, whoa, like a vacation for me. Like, I was, like, you know, just, re- like, totally disconnected from everything. And then it starts to settle in. Like, 
all these different like characteristics of your life that you got used to and that you were like comfortable with aren't there anymore. And then those effects start to like creep in. Um, but I think that it was, yeah, I mean, I live here with my dad. So, and he used to live in New York as well. And he had an apartment. We kind of both moved at the same time. And so we were kind of like experiencing almost like the same things, but it's been nice hanging out with my dad. And like, I don't know, it hasn't been, I feel very grateful for like the situation that I have, Mm. you know, like a a house to move into, you know, no rent, totally like doing my thing, like space to like, he kind of has the upstairs, like he works remotely, but he has upstairs and like, I can pretty much make as much noise as I want any time of the day because there's nothing. My dad like sleeps like a rock, so it's like <laughs> I can pretty much. I don't know. It's 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 been good, and I'm been grateful that I have like had the um, like I have this situation, I guess. Um, but I'm definitely ready for it to be over. I'm definitely sick of it. You know, just like so frustrated with it. Um, but I just try to take it as like a day at a time, and like make sure that every day, and I'm I'm accomplishing something that is like positive and like something that I want to do. Mm. And then, you know, just, I mean, it's already been seven months, right? Almost like that's a long time. Like we're, you know, I feel like however many more months, it's not, it's not too bad for me. Right. I think, you know, um, everyone has a different situation, obviously some people. Yeah. And also I think up here, at least, in the Northeast is like definitely more shut down and Chicago too. is probably definitely more shut down than most places. Um, I, I took a road trip out to Utah like a month ago, over a month ago, two months ago, did like some backpacking and stuff. Um, like just a bunch of outdoor stuff. It was beautiful, but just like seeing the transition of all the different States and like how they deal with things is like mm. totally different. Mm. Pennsylvania, New York is like locked down, you know, <laughs> out there, like people just, it's just different living life living life yeah so i don't know i'm I'm pretty comfortable with it um i would say but i'm definitely frustrated and want it to be over that's my yeah that in a nutshell yeah i i think i'm totally there with you man i i really want to get out i want to i want to go to performances and museums or whatever and you know go out to a restaurant and feel comfortable about being at a restaurant. Exactly. Like, exactly. You know? That's like, cause I've been out, not like I've like sat outdoor at a couple places and it's still just like uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? You're just like, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to, yeah. Uh, but there, I, it's been interesting though, to see like how creative people are getting with like doing virtual things or like, mm. um, like last maybe like four weeks ago, three weeks ago, my band played on like a trailer, but like the trailer was like, there's this city in Pennsylvania called Lancaster and the trail, you know, you probably know Lancaster, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the trailer was just driving us around the city. <laughs> it, was like, it was so cool. It was so cool. Cause there were like people outside their houses, like cheering and stuff. Like it was really cool. What so a great just, service to provide. I know, man. I know. Like the city pays for it. And every month, like four bands get on four different trailers and they drive mm-hmm. all around. And it's like, it's just, it's amazing how creative people have been getting with like, you know, different, different ways that they can entertain people and stuff. It's uh, uh yeah. That's a, that's fantastic. I, yeah. 
And that's all. That's like, uh, did, well, oh, here's a question. Did you did you ever uh, cross paths with one of the other bands with your no, trailers? They, I think they had it figured out that it was. Yeah. So how we did that, all like everything was strapped down, like they literally locked every like everything was strapped in, and drilled into this trailer. Because mm-hmm. um, we have like a lot of stuff like we have a vibraphone and, get you know, like I have keyboards and stuff. So it's like it's not just like guitar based drums like go like mm-hmm. jam. This is like a lot of equipment. But it all stayed down. It all, it was, it was so fun. And also it was fun for us because like we hadn't played for, you know, like a year at that point. Cause we, we, uh, like we'll do like little tours and then like a bunch of, bunch of gigs like right in a row and then we'll stop for a while. So it was like probably the last September we didn't play. It was, yeah, it was like a year. So it was just fun to get together and play too. That's great. Yeah. Beautiful night. It was, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> So how how did that come about? Uh, the drummer just had a contact in the he's from Lancaster and uh, like one of his friends like helps run it or something like that and they got us on there. That's cool. You know we got the call. Yeah, we man. We got the call. We took it. Hey, you know you when you when you uh, when the demand is there. But yeah, that's like the only gig I've had pretty much. But that's just that's I don't know. It's frustrating, but just got to keep on keeping on. No, that's that's definitely the nature of the situation that we're all too too uh, familiar with right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, like these Zoom sessions is is really if it weren't for these for Zoom or Skype or whatever people are using, like there there'd be a huge hole in the musical world right now. Oh yeah, you know, streaming and all that stuff. If that wasn't there. Uh, I think we'd all be in a bad place or a worse place, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I mentioned this when I was talking to James, uh, um, or James B saw the first uh, person I interviewed for this is, uh, is, um, it's so great that we have this, you know, this resource and, and I think it, it will be even better. Hopefully it'll maintain, once things kind of will start to go back to normal, you know? Oh yeah. No, I think there'll be like a ton of, well, like zoom had to get its act together at first. Like people were random. People were jumping into calls and stuff like that. And like, Oh really? Zoom, well, yeah. Like zoom, you know, they didn't have passwords and stuff. Cause like, I guess I don't know what zoom's function was before. Like, I, or I don't know how many people use zoom before the pandemic, mm-hmm. but once that hit, like every, like problem that zoom had that they weren't realizing because not many people were using it was just put under um like just taken and expanded you know because that millions of people were using it Mm. yeah there'd be like classrooms and stuff and then like since there weren't passwords or they didn't have the security set up like random people would be jumping into the the, they get kicked out it's like it was yeah i heard it was pretty reckless (laughs) but now they you know they have it figured out but i think that that sort of like this sort of virtual thing, a lot of the aspects will continue over, I think. But there's definitely some things that people love about being in person that will just, can, you know, will happen again, I think. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're all, we're, we're social creatures, you know? Oh, for sure. And no, I think, yeah, I think that I'm definitely like social enough and you as well that it's like, it's hard for us. Mm-hmm. You know? What, so here's, uh, um, I think I'm I'm probably gonna call it in a little bit. All oh right. wow, we've been going for two hours. Holy crap! 
Look at us. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to call it in a little bit, but uh, when was the last time you talked to Anjev? Uh, like two weeks ago, I think. Or oh, yeah? A month ago, yeah. We were uh, we were just like uh, hitting it up or we were uh, just messaging. He was telling me about Poland and, and like the situation there and everything. Yeah. I still don't know how to say his name. Andrzej. <laughs> Andrzej. <laughs> so yeah. to give to give some context for anyone that's listening to this, you and I, we met at uh, a festival in Valencia, Spain. And your roommate during that time at the festival was this dude from Poland who his name was also Andrew, but the Polish pronunciation on, on Jave, I, I, I don't know how to Killer do piano player. Shreds. Oh yeah. my God. Uh, and great composer. Great, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, one of the, one of the things that I love about that guy is the photos that he takes. Oh, he takes the great photos. He takes great. He takes just, amazing photos i remember one he took when uh, you were asleep and then he took a photo of like holding it like a selfie with you in the background and you could only see him from like here up and it, <laughs> it looked like someone took the photo and he just kind of crept into it like <laughs> like sneaking in like a weirdo he had an eye for it oh he has an eye for that kind yeah, of thing i probably talked to him like a month ago we were messaging on Facebook. Oh, no, no. It was on my birthday. So oh, August. Yeah? yeah, in August. He messaged me on my birthday. And we were like going back and forth for a little bit. And he was like telling me about Poland and everything that's going on there and stuff. Oh, he's a beautiful man. I miss that yeah, guy. Yeah, he is. Should was... I break out the microphone again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and start serenading. Uh, do you sing the Polish anthem? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna have to know it man this, this call is gonna end soon you gotta get it out wait how long can zoom is zoom allowed to go past an hour yeah if there's only if there's no more than oh, two people only, okay yeah we can continue to utilize this i i i said it for an hour and a half because i i really didn't know how long we would be talking yeah. or anything um but and i was gonna mention that at the beginning too is like we can go as long as you want to like you know or as short as you want to, if you just want to talk for 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> two um, hours. We've been going at it. Yeah. We've, we've been going this at is, it. Yeah. It is two hours. It is two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's eight o'clock for you then. Yep. Yeah, man. So, I eight mean, o'clock. Great hour here. <laughs> it's, it's the best hour. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing too, is like, we're having this zoom call right now, right? I'm going to have dinner when we're done. I'm, I'm an hour and a half away from 8.30, which is my cutoff time for technology. Dude, you only have an hour and a half more. Yeah, so so I, I have to like, this, ha- see, I have to, in my mind, I have to, this is where I have trouble, turning it off, you know? Like I have to, once this call ends, I have to be like, all right, I'm done working for the day. I did my job. So you're talking after 8.30, no computers. Yeah. No nothing. Yeah, my I, I turn my phone off. I turn my iPad off. My my laptop's in the office, so I'm not even near it. Wow. Yeah. If if I'm if I'm holding myself accountable. <laughs> yeah, that's serious. Yeah, I, it's All stupid, right. man. I ha- I have to be so rigid with it because um, I I need to I need to get my myself back on track. Jeez. You know. Yeah, that's I. 
It's I mean, it's definitely, you're not hurting anything. It's just yeah. gotta be hard. It is. I mean, that, well, that, and that's why I, I asked you that question earlier about um, uh, if you, how, how you have tempered your use of social media and technology. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, just the, the morning and the night thing kind of chopping off the morning and chopping off the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, just like, not touching it unnecessarily, you know, not just like picking it up and like, Oh, let me see what's going on. You know, Mm -hmm. like trying to, when I'm about to pick it up, have like dialogue going on. Like, do I really need to look right now? Like, is it essential that I see like what's happening? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think that also, uh, I'll try like after that morning, like window of nothing, I'll try to like read some stuff and like see what's going on and have like an hour of like that kind of time to like get it out of my system, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then just try to limit it. I don't know. I feel like I've definitely been using it less though, for sure. All kinds of social media. I'm going to put the mic down right now. Uh, I think you got to keep holding it. All right, right? I got <laughs> you, you're already in it. Uh, you got to commit. You got to commit. It's uh um, the social media thing, yeah. I what one thing for me, I think, well, not even for me actually, just in general, is like whatever's on that, it's not going anywhere unless someone exactly. decides to delete their posts, you know. So even if even if you check your phone once a day at the same time every day, you'll probably see what you need to see. And even if it's not what you need to see, it's like, all right, that's that. Exactly. I you're, you're, I don't know if it's really if. It, how see here's the thing how much is social media actually like the daily constant checking of it like not not the general aspect of it but the the constantly checking your phone how much is social media actually improving everyone you know yeah i don't think that yeah i don't think so i mean i think there's some people now that like make their living with that right you know but i think there's a many many most people that just like don't need it Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's not to say either that social media has to serve the purpose of improvement or not improving you know like i'm not saying it has to or doesn't but um but i i guess just really what's the need like to to constantly be checking i agree and it's hard it's hard you and then you like think you're you're like checking and then you're thinking like why am i doing this Mm -hmm. you know but it's just like getting that, that like question that like, do I need to pick up my phone right before you pick it up? Because once you pick it up, you're in, you're in dope, <laughs> dopamine land. You know what I mean? You're like suck. It's it's over. You're gonna uh, be there for a little while. But if, should, if you stop it before you pick it up, then you're good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like that. I like I, I like that statement right there. Like once you pick it up, you're done. You're done for. It's that, dopamine land. That's like, like um. The uh, just say no campaign of the the nineties or whatever to drugs or was it the eighties? Oh yeah, know. you know, like once no, you pick uh, it up, you're done. There, it's there. There, yeah. Uh, uh, oh God, what did that stand for? Dream against. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna make something up. I can't even. I can't. Even I can get to see it. the shirts in my head. It's like red letters and black. Yeah, shirt, but I have no idea what it stands for. It was a thing, but it's, it was it, a big thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know how effective it was, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it, it, it's important, but I don't know how effective it was. Unknown. Do you think that that um, th- 
there's like at some point in the coming years, there's going to be a dare program for kids using social media. Mm, maybe. I think that, yeah, maybe. Mm. I don't even know what it's like in schools now. My mom's a school teacher, but I wonder what they do with the kids' phones. Like put them all in a box or something like that? Or I, I, I hope so, man. I hope that something happens because like... I feel like if I... I mean, it kind of sounds crazy, but like... I feel like every kid, like when you walk in, you just got a hand in your phone. And then yeah. when you get, leave school, you got to, like, I don't know. Because well, I had a phone, like, the last year of high school, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me like, too. Me too. But it was like, a, you know, like, it didn't have what phones have now. You know, like, yeah. it was, I don't even think it had, yeah, there was no social media on it. It was just, like, dude, just texting your friends. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, important that you have it. But it also wasn't too distracting either because you couldn't really do anything with it. But, uh, but yeah, I, dude, I don't know. The world's crazy. It is. It is. It's all crazy. I, uh, yeah, I sort of thought about that actually. Like with my phone, my phone is is way. Uh, it's it's. I'm I'm overdue for a new one. Uh huh. And I had thought I was like, what if, what if? Not I don't plan on doing this honestly. But like, what if I went back to a flip phone? <laughs> Dude, there's some people i've yeah you meet some people that have flip phones and i don't know i my phone definitely does some stuff that a flip phone couldn't do that i definitely rely on mm-hmm. like i have calendars and like scheduling and stuff in there even and but yeah i mean it, it's tough wait what kind of phone do you have now i don't know what it's called uh it's oh, a, a samsung the thing there is you go. Like, i upgraded my phone from like a worse iPhone, like a really, really bad iPhone. And dude, when you upgrade, it's just like, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. Like you're <laughs> going to be on it so much. Right. Yeah. But you should upgrade. You should. Yeah, I, I, I will. Um, honestly, just like I knew when I was upgrading, I was like, this is going to consume me more. <laughs> it's like, looks better. Everything is easier and it looks better, you know? I I think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could go to the flip phone. <laughs> I might, I might. Who knows? I actually still have some of my flip phones. I think from like years ago, and they have they have like this little camera Pop on that it. SIM card in there. Oh my god! Yeah, I could do that. I don't know. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I'm. You would I'm, have to get back to that texting thing, though. The the T nine. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, you had to click. Oh like, oh oh. T nine is different. T nine like it uh it like is like an algorithm to see what words you're typing. But no, I'm talking. Oh. The, I'm talking about the click where you had to triple click to get like a C. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. Oh my God! Dude, I remember. That took so long. It took it, like. And then there would be like it was like yeah your dad or your mom when they first were trying to text and they would send like a five word text and it would take them like an hour. <laughs> it's just like, but that's how it was. Now it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, and and there would be so many misspelled words that it would be the wrong thing. Yeah, it would like, be like because it would it would be like A B C and then one would be the last one. So they would spell like a word and there'd be like a number in the yeah. word because they yeah. <laughs> oh that's funny man wow it's so crazy to think about like 
so different now. It's so you got different. A keyboard, you got you know, it's. Yo, know, what you said before, though, honestly, I, I would I would do the same thing about if if I was a teacher and having kids yeah. come to class with phones, like, and I, and this also ties back to what we were saying earlier about like one's ability to focus, like yeah. having that phone in your pocket is a constant distraction, you know, and and it impinge it. Uh, what's the word? Like impinge? Is that the word? Infringe. Infringe. There it is. <laughs> yeah, you can see. You're I'm like fi- I leaned into the microphone. <laughs> You're like yeah. infringe, infringe, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it infringes on your ability to just to concentrate. You know. Yeah, I I don't know. It's a da- it's another daily battle. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying. I'm just I'm trying to limit it. It's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a um, a thing set for. Um, between certain hours of the day, I won't receive notifications. Oh, that's good. So like between, you know, when I wake up until I think noon, um, uh, I'm not going to find, you know, cause like I'm, I'm dedicating that time to composing and then like checking emails and, and then doing other things to try and, you know, generate income and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm going to wait. How did you do that? It's somewhere in the settings. Like you go into the settings. Yeah. Yeah. Some some apps, some things, it's oh my God, man. Like going back to the social dilemma in a way, some of these apps, you have to actually go into the app itself, the settings of the app, and tell it not to notify you. Yeah, I don't let any social media things give me notifications ever. That's good. That's good. And I still, even if though even though I don't have the notifications, I still click on it. Right. Yeah. Doesn't matter, man. It's not, it's nothing's changing there. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try that with the, cause that's the thing you like wake up in the morning and you got all these like notifications and most of the time it's just dumb emails and stuff, but that's, that's what gets you into the rabbit hole. Right. Like, oh, let me see what this dumb email is. And then you open it up and next thing you know, it's like in 30 minutes later and you watch seven YouTube videos, <laughs> looked at a bunch of Instagram ads and stuff. It's like, Oh God. Yeah. I think, I think YouTube is my vice. That's the one that gets me. You, yo, you, their algorithm algorithm is crazy. How it <laughs> suggests new videos is yeah. insane. I mean, yeah. Where do you find yourself drawn to the most? Which app? YouTube, probably. Yeah. Because you listen to me, you can listen to any, like, you listen to music on there, listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. Like, you know, it's, I don't, yeah, YouTube's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I, I, uh, especially like I, I started getting into the whole like save, like save to watch later. Oh, I don't do that. You That's, know, it, it'll know that I wanted to watch it and it'll pick it, it'll pull it up later. Yeah, oh, it does. It does that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it knows. I don't, yeah, I don't have to even adjust the algorithm or I don't even have to like save and like anything. It already <laughs> knows what yeah. videos I like. And what videos You're I just, like. you just think about it and it's like, here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> god yeah man i think i think i'm gonna call it right about here yeah that's cool what do you think dude this was a lengthy this was nice i'm about to eat dinner so i'm down to call it whenever awesome awesome yeah i think i think i got purple mashed potatoes up there or something what is purple mashed potatoes dude i'll send you a picture please do yeah i might i might have to i might uh tag it at the end of this this uh podcast here dude yeah tag i think it's like yeah, purple mashed potatoes. Well, I think it's like purple potatoes. You know what I mean? I've never heard of that. No. 
I'll send you a picture. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is there is there anything else you want to uh, you want to tag on the end here? Any sort of like um, events coming up, or like nugget of advice, or uh, just random thoughts? No, I would say Adam to you. Keep doing this. Don't uh, don't be like oh, maybe I won't do a podcast this week. Do you know? And if you need any, if you need anyone, I'm sure you have a long list of people already. But if you need anyone, I could throw some people your way that would love to chat. Um, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I hope everyone's safe and happy. Yeah, that's all for now. That's that's beautiful. I love I love that right there at the end. Everyone's safe and happy. That's good. Everyone out there who listens to this, Andrew loves you all. Every last one of you. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you.